Welcome to Group Talk. Four shows, one podcast from the Small Group Network focusing on topics relevant to small group ministries. Whether you're in a church of 100 or 10,000, whether you're a volunteer or staff, we want to support, encourage, and equip you to lead well. So relax, listen, and enjoy Inside Saddleback with Steve Gladen. Happy May to all of you small group point people out there in the trenches of small group ministry, mobilizing the masses in the biblical community. Thank you so much for tuning in to listen to our show today. Derek here, along with your other host, Steve. Hey, everybody. Great to see you in the month of May. Lots of little to look forward to. Yeah, and we've got a special, very special guest uh, coming up on the show in just a little bit, Steve. So I'm pretty excited. This is a very special show. And also, to help our audience get to know you a little bit more, Steve, uh, I thought we'd do something fun. And I'm going to ask you a series of three random questions that I want you to answer to the best of your ability. Are you up for this? Yeah, as long as we can edit after the show, but uh, it may be, may be raw. This is the great thing about having a recorded show, not being live. So yeah, go for it. We'll see what happens. Okay, and just, just say the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay, so number one. Why, why do I feel like I'm with my therapist all of a sudden? You know, I don't <laughs> like this part. Because really, <laughs> this is we really are trying to give you some secret therapy here. Okay, I need it. Okay, number one. If you were going to be stranded on a desert island for a week and could only bring one meal to eat, what would it be and why? Uh, it would be sushi because I don't have to worry about cooking it. So, I mean, you know, raw fish is, <laughs> is always good to go. So, you know, I, th I thought you were going to go, what book am I going to take? I was going to say, oh, purpose-driven church, purpose-driven life. But, you know, now sushi, that's a simple answer. Yeah, I knew you would say that if I asked you the book question. Okay, and what, what kind of sushi roll? What's your favorite? Oh, oh my gosh. Anything with salmon on it, with uh, tuna, anything that's spicy. You know, I, I, I take it all, man. My, my latest craving, I, we found a place that does a, a sushi burrito, which sounds gross. And sounds real funky, but, uh, you know, you know, I can't wait to who's ever down around South, Southern California. I will take you there to have a sushi burrito. Okay. That's fine. Okay. Another question, uh, in a little different, uh, vein, if you hadn't sacrificed it all to serve the Lord in ministry, like what career or dream job might you have imagined or done? Yeah, I'm sure I'd be doing something in sales. Um, you know, it's either that or a, a college football coach, you know, uh, that, that would be the dream job, but I don't think I'm qualified to quite do that. But yeah, probably sales. I mean, I, I, I love I love working with people. I love cold calling. I love warm calls. I love, uh, you know, hot leads, especially if I am sold on the product. If I'm sold on the product, you'll buy the product because that's what Jesus would want you to do, you know. It's a beautiful thing about being raised Catholic and in a military home. Got lots of persuasion and lots of boldness. <laughs> okay, I think you're the only person in the history of the world that I've that's ever admitted, especially on like a public recording, that you enjoy cold calling. I know it's a weird piece of me. Okay, let's go to number the next question. This is this is a fun one, and this is going to take us deep into the synapses of the Steve Gladen. Okay. What is one pet peeve you have that people might not know about? Wow. <laughs> I, 
I don't know how to answer this one because if my staff is listening to it, they, they'd probably go just one. There might be like 60 <laughs> uh, that he has. Uh, what would be one pet peeve? I, I think one may be um, maybe not cleaning up after yourself, you know, um, you know, if, you know, one of the things I drive me crazy with my kids is, well, you know, uh, they have no problem finding the the sink, but they uh, with all the dirty dishes. But somehow the the transition to the dishwasher just doesn't happen with them. So I, I guess it boils down to you know that a pet peeve is a lack of servant heartedness, just to take it the full mile. So basically, you're a clean freak. Okay, I get it. Yeah, That's- you know, my wife uh, Lisa likes to say uh, two words. I, I prefer retentive. I don't prefer the first word. So. Okay, and I've got a bonus question for you, uh, being that we're having so much fun here. Okay, being that you are an Ohio State Buckeye fanatic fan, um, what do you do? Just FYI, but keep going. What do you despise more? Your pet peeve of people basically being slobs or the Michigan Wolverines? Oh, my goodness. Uh, The team up north. Without a doubt. Well, there you go, folks. Now you you got to know Steve hopefully a little bit better. His favorite foods, pet peeves, and um, what do you what do you talk about Jesus and groups now and get this yes. show going? Yes, let's get this show going. So later on in our show, our in our trending topic segment, I really like the title for the show. Steve, you came up with. We're talking about what we can learn from the five words that changed Amazon. Do you want to give us like a super quick preview? Uh, it, it's actually, there are five words. I, I was blown away when I, when I read the article and, uh, just excited to share them with you, but you got to hang on. So stay tuned. So hang on, hang on. And again, in just a minute, we're going to introduce this special guest. So you're not going to want to touch the dial. Okay. So if you're new to our show, uh, we feature four segments each time we got the Saddleback scoop, the network nugget, the leadership learning, and the trending topic. And so uh, as we go into the Saddleback Scoop, which is kind of everything happening right now in the Saddleback Church world, uh, Steve, what do you got for us? Yeah, I think the word of the day uh, for so many people is talking about re-engaging groups. Uh, for us at Saddleback, we have, we have just now, uh, on Palm Sunday, we started uh, physically meeting at as, as a church, which was amazing. And I think all of us have uh, been talking to a number of small group pastors really all through this pandemic as churches have been co- coming back into that new normal, the new wineskin, how do you figure out things? And part of what, you know, you'll see through most of this show is, uh, you know, the new wineskins, what's the new thing that's coming before us? And so for part of us uh, in the small group land, it's, it's re-engaging the groups. And I just want to give you uh, if you're not a part of our newsletter, the newsletter is going to be featuring all the th- ways uh, that we've been hearing from you guys and some of our bloggers and uh, article writers and, you know, just things that have been done that are just going to uh, put a, just a great exclamation point to this part we're talking about how to re-engage your groups. But again, I want to go back to a couple things I was even talking to my staff about. One of them is just remembering, you know, we're in this for the long game. Uh, this is not a quick, this is not a light switch decision of groups getting back engaged. Uh, it, for most of them, the majority of them, it's a dimmer switch. And so we're in this for the long haul. We're, we're looking already to fall and uh, a churchwide campaign we're working on. 
And uh, just understanding that everyone is easing back into this. Churches have seen that with their uh, temple courts attendance. Uh, and same things can be true in house to house as people have been gone through uh, love Zoom to Zoom fatigue to trying to meet together physically to figuring out how to balance everything. The other thing is um, what we're really pressing, at least at Saddleback, is continue to focus on connection, not so much on attendance. And so for most of all of our groups, we're just trying to make sure groups are staying connected. It may look like the traditional time when you're meeting together to do a Bible study or a serving project or uh, maybe reaching out into your community or, you know, uh, it could be a lot of different ways and methodologies that your group is meeting. But for a lot of groups, um, it's not that traditional piece. And so as we uh, kind of get back into physically meeting and understanding what's hybrid, you know, how often are you going to do things, you know, worry more about staying connected inside your small groups or, or encouraging your leaders stay connected with the uh, people that are attending their small group versus them focusing everybody back into the physical attendance, especially if they're not ready. Uh, but one of the things uh, we kind of just, you know, walk through with uh, our small group pastors uh, throughout our 19 campuses was just going back to some of the fundamentals. And one of them uh, in the show notes, you'll see a link to it, but focusing on small group stories and small group videos, uh, making sure those are uh, out there on the forefront, on your websites and all kinds of different places. Keep the idea of community in the front of people through the stories more importantly, through uh, videos uh, that could be there. Uh, another thing we're focusing on, too, uh, is uh, releasing some new curriculums. Um, you, we're starting now. We normally do a monthly newsletter, but on the midterm, the mid part of the month, we're starting to release just, uh, you know, here's a new curriculum that we have for you. Uh, Re-improving our tools, our health assessments, our group assessments, um, engaging with our community leaders, talking about what's the question of the month, just to try and get some engagement going. So multiple ways of new curriculum, new tools, uh, you know, the question of the month that you're trying to, you know, have the, the group leaders engage with. Uh, that's another important piece. A, a third thing after stories, after, you know, new things that you've got, that you're helping people see, is, you know, you got to give people a reason to act. And, um, you know, it's a great leadership principle that when you're trying to, you know, pre-COVID, when you're trying to get people into groups, they just don't do it naturally unless you have a, a call to action. And this past weekend, we just did a, a, a call to action of getting people involved in groups and had a new curriculum ready for them that they could only get right then and there that weekend and uh, had a phenomenal response. I actually ran out of uh, materials, which was, you know, just a painful thing to hear. Uh, but, you know, again, you got to give people a reason to act. And so that comes great from the platform and from the senior leader, you know, just making that pitch. But the thing I want to focus on is that as we are slowly uh, easing our way into this, Think through what's a church-wide campaign. You know, in my first book, uh, Planning, I mean, in Small Groups with Purpose, Chapter 17, I talk about a church-wide campaign and this, the 12 ingredients you need for a church-wide uh, campaign. And I've, I've seen so many things written out there about campaigns that um, really have just missed all 12 of those ingredients. And I would just encourage you um, to think through 
looking ahead to the fall, you know, keep doing all the little things. We're going to talk about some uh, things that we learned from Amazon that are very relevant for, you know, helping you uh, kind of move that dimmer switch a little bit quicker to get it uh, brighter. But a churchwide campaign is going to really need to be your exclamation point as you're heading into the fall that I, I want to really encourage you on. So a little snapshot of what's going on at the in the Saddleback world as we're looking to engage our groups and taking those four things and trying to take them a little bit deeper. And that is your Saddleback scoop for this month. And onto our network nugget. And the network nugget is kind of everything happening in the small group network world. And the small group network is a ministry of Saddleback Church. And that's the church to church ministry that this podcast is a part of where we research uh, resource other churches on how to how to do groups and how to grow in that area. And so we've got some big news in the network nugget. And this uh, has to do with the special guest we have on the line. But let me set that up with um, many of you guys know that I've been serving the last couple of years as the pastor of small group network development at Saddleback with Steve, uh, helping to run the network. And um, many of you have probably heard and some haven't that um, I have since transitioned out and uh, my wife and I felt to move back to the great Northwest, uh, to, to live closer to our families. And um, so we're doing that. Good news is I'm going to stay on and help with communications with the network. Um, but the even better news is that God has brought somebody uh, new uh, to take the network to a whole nother level. And it's been a real uh, privilege for me to get to know him and help him uh, kind of do some training within the last few weeks. And so I want to introduce to you our new pastor of small group network development, James Browning. How are you doing, James? I'm doing great. It's nice to uh, nice to be here. Yeah, we're so glad to have you. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm assuming that everyone's like po- pulling their car over right now as they're listening to this to applaud me. Yes. <laughs> And like we mentioned earlier, James is going to actually be uh, on Here to There show with Carolyn Takeda uh, next week. So this is just a real light preview. But James, hey, my first question for you is, uh, what's what's one thing that might have uh, surprised you as you've been onboarding into this role of pastor of small group network development? Uh, I'll, I'll tell you the most discouraging thing that has surprised me, uh, which is how much I have to learn about small groups. And it's it's a little bit upsetting because while I've never been a small group pastor, I have led small groups for years and years. And now that I'm in the network, I like I, I've got the marketing stuff, I've got the network, I've got the community building and all that. But I think, man, I've got a long way to go as far as catching up with some of these people on just the breadth and depth of knowledge on on small groups and churches. James, love love the answer uh, because it, you know it, it boasts to your the humility of just saying you know all leaders are learners, you know, and I know Carolyn is going to go deep into some of the the great new things we're going to be unveiling in the network um, as as God has been bringing you on in, in a little bit in, in a different season and bringing some different things. But what's what's one thing that you're looking forward to in the network? Uh, I, I, number one, I think that I really kind of benefited from, 
uh, timing here. Like I'm coming on right as things are starting starting to open up. And so you've you've all spent this past year building up all these digital resources. You have a history of like doing in-person events. Now we get to combine the digital and in-person events as things are opening back up. And it's going to make me look really good when really it was just kind of a timing thing. So I'm definitely looking forward to uh, looking good out of pure luck which is kind of my dating strategy as well. Oh, there you go. Uh, yeah, especially when you're meeting Hannah and all that. So as, you, as the network gets to know you, it's going to be great. You're going to learn more uh, on Carolyn's show next week on on Here to There. And just a great opportunity to offer kudos to Derek because uh, Derek uh, and I were both slammed in the midst of this uh, pandemic with having to create digital resources. And at the same time, uh, you know, our administrative support, uh, you know, went offline and took a different job. And so we were without that. So, uh, Derek, kudos to you for navigating us through the pandemic. It's uh, on your shoulders that we're going to build uh, what, what James calls the the lucky draw uh, to uh, build the network. And so it's a uh, uh, it's it's been quite the year, uh, but we've gotten quite the resources out and got have more courses uh, teed up, ready to come out, both for the small group point leader and for uh, the small group leaders out there that we're excited with with attain and advanced uh, courses that are that are coming out. But uh, Derek, kudos to you, and thrilled you're staying on board. Uh, you know, you started in the communications area and you're going back, so you you have a gift for that. And uh, hated hated the change, but uh, love that you're you're hanging in there, and hate that you're far away, but you're closer to Husky Land, so you're happy. That's right, go dogs! Well, James, thanks so much, man, for jumping on, and uh, it's uh, we're the, the best days for the network are ahead, and I'm really excited. Uh, for what God has. So that is the network nugget. And that's the big news. And like Steve said, make sure and listen next week to really learn more about James and hear about where he's coming from and, and all, all about him and his family. It's going to be awesome. Hey, small group network, Jason Banzoff here, group talk producer, and I am interrupting inside Saddleback to let you know about some great events that we have coming your way. We are going to be over several different regions coming up with some awesome events with the small group network. Here are a few. Align Nashville on May 12th. Align Denver on June 29th. Accelerate SoCal on July 13th and 14th. And then Accelerate New England August 3rd and 4th. Make sure you go to smallgroupnetwork.com forward slash conferences to find one near you. Now we're heading back to Inside Saddleback with Steve and Derek. On to our leadership learning. Uh, Steve, what do you got for small group point people this month with our leadership learning? Yeah, I'm going to read you a phrase uh, in just a little bit, but part of what's centering around this this whole part of newness is uh, reimagining. And part of what this pandemic has forced us to do is reimagine and think through scalability as God is bringing in a new harvest. Uh, we talked a, a number of shows ago, just the correlation between uh, the late 60s uh, into 1970 in the in the United States, how there was almost a mere thing. We had the Hong Kong flu. We had um, so much was uh, happening with the election process, uh, the the riots that were happening, the 
the assassinations. Uh, oh my goodness, we had three, you know, three assassinations in that decade that were were pivotal uh, in just mourning the nation. And then, but in the beauty of the chaoticness of the '60s, God was working through people to reimagine the church. And you had the Jesus movement came out. It was really a revival that broke through not only Protestant circles, but uh, into the Catholic circles, too. And in the same way, part of reimagining and thinking through is our leadership skill sets have always got to be looking towards what is the new wineskin. So often we love teaching about the new wineskins and all that, but all of a sudden, there is a gravitational pull, and even at Saddleback, a gravitational pull to go back to the old when God is trying to loosen us up for what is in the new. Here's the phrase I want you to walk through, and I just want to talk to you just briefly about um, you know, what, we're, what we're doing at Saddleback in this leadership learning piece. But here's the phrase, what used to happen automatically when you were small has to happen intentionally as you get larger. Uh, pastor Tom Holliday, who's one of our teaching pastors, has been with Saddleback 30 years. I remember the first time he said that phrase. And if you think through the pandemic, it says, what used to happen automatically when you were small, or think of when you were pre-COVID, has to happen intentionally as you get larger, or has to happen more intentionally as we're going into a post-COVID environment. And what you've got to be thinking through is not, you know, they call it uh, and not or. It's not, you know, do this or do that. Is that you need multiple prongs and multiple things that are going to help you be more intentional as you're building spiritual health in your small groups. And I want to challenge you, like for us, we, we have two guardrails. And part of what we, we were doing through the pandemic is when I look through the two guardrails and the five major components, we had to think through, rethink through, and reimagine leader training. And what was that going to look like? And part of our answer was, we'll still keep it online. We'll still keep it in a classroom setting, but we're taking it into curriculum and into, uh, into our apps so that we can you know, train our leaders, but also train the groups better uh, and more simplified. We had to reimagine how we were doing our tools uh, predominantly with our health assessment and our group assessment and how to re redevelop those and, and re-get those out there. We had to, you know, reimagine our video curriculum and broadening our horizons and making sure we had stuff. We had to reimagine how our community leaders functioned and how the village was uh, talked about and, and not so much depending just on community leaders uh, to be out there to interface with group host, but being able to say, what's the village that's there? Again, reimagining those pieces. And then with data, reimagining how we're collecting data and how it's got to be, if it's not, if we're not able to connect it off the phone, then we've got to, you know, reimagine how we're doing that. So part of what I'm just going to encourage you to do is what used to happen automatically when you were pre-COVID has to happen intentionally as we go post-COVID. And so I want to challenge you to relook and reimagine, not throwing away the old, but just saying, what are the new ways that we can do it? People to digital training, digital pieces, uh, more uh, getting virtual uh, meetings are going to happen in many different ways. So I want you to keep thinking 
through that again. So your leadership learning, what used to happen automatically when you were pre-COVID needs to happen intentionally as you go post-COVID. Just a, a leadership learning that I hope you guys will uh, put your arms and your hands around. And when you're in your huddles across the network, ask that question. And what are you reimagining? If you're not reimagining anything, the world's going to go right by you. That is great insight from our leadership learning segment. Uh, hopefully we're taking notes on that. And on to the grand finale, the trending topic. And I really like, again, Steve, the, uh, the title you got going here of, of what we can learn from the five words that changed Amazon. Obviously, Amazon uh, in this day and age is, is epic. I mean, it's, I think it's all my wife buys from. There's packages arriving daily, and each time one shows up, I get a little scared because it's like, oh, my gosh, are we going to go broke here? Um, tell us about the trending topic, how you came up to with this. What's that? Yeah, no, it's too easy to buy at Amazon. So I was going to say, man, I, I think, you know, we're all, we're all corporates with, I mean, corporates, we're culprits with that as we go through. Hey, in your show notes, there's an article and I don't want to get into Amazon, your feelings on Amazon. Does uh, Jeff Bezos make too much money? Is he not giving enough money? Uh, you know, there's so many different things you can have, but the, these five words are what this article's hung on to. And Part of what you're going to see is uh, it's his it's his last shareholder letter uh, to all the sh it's the last letter to all the shareholders uh, that he did as he's he's going on to his next phase in life. But his five words were create more than you consume, create more than you consume, and I think there's some parallels that we can grab from this article that are really powerful. And I'm just going to line up seven of them really quick as we're going through the show, because as we are trying to look towards the new, as we're trying to engage, as we're trying to reimagine, the, there are some principles and, and however you feel about Jeff Bezos and, and you know, who he is, what he is, and, and just regardless of all that, the man's brilliant and he's a vision caster. And um, we can learn some things from it. And so uh, when you read the article, you can go back and you can look at these seven things. But let me go through them really quickly because I think they're very relevant for us. One of the first things he did in his shareholders letter was is he revisited the past. And so often people forget what we've come from. And so it's very important for us to be able to look towards the past and say, hey, what did God teach us and what do we need to learn from it? But also it just gives us perspective of what, you know, God has done for us, you know, where we have come through. If you just look at the last 13 months or 14 months of the pandemic, you know, you can get pretty depressed pretty quick. I know I can when I look at reports and you can think, wow, you know, this is just terrible. But we've had lulls in our small group ministry in the 23 years I've been at Saddleback. But you know what? God has another harvest. There's always a winter season, but spring and summer and harvest are always coming right after it. So he revisited the past. Second thing that I thought was brilliant for, from him was he vision cast for the future. Now, from him, he's knowing the reality and how people are perceiving Amazon. But what he was able to do was knowing his reality, he was able to vision cast for where he was wanting the company to go. And part of what we got to do is understand 
you've got to understand wherever you're at around the world, there's a new reality. And if you don't recognize the new reality, you're being tone deaf and you're not understanding, you know, what your people are going through. So every one of us are at a different place, but in knowing your reality, you can script the vision casting very, very critically for where you're trying to go in your small group ministry. The third thing is, is you got to have a clear call. And that's where his five words were just brilliant. You know, create more than you consume. And pithy to the point, but, you know, begs to ask the question of, you know, you know, are we doing that? And then he goes into the, the, the fourth thing I think you can learn from it is he stated his case very well. Now, do I agree with it or not, not agree with it? That's immaterial. He took a crack at stating his case. And part of it, as you're, as you're reimagining, as you're re-engaging, can you state your case? Can you show why this is the important thing and what God has done in the past? Uh, as loving on the Facebook group, there was um, uh, someone was talking about uh, statistics about, you know, why groups are, are, are good or not. And there's some great statistical data that came up in the uh, Facebook group that I was taking screenshots of and, and understanding it's, it's you, you, your, your case has already been proven by so much statistical data that's been out there. And so, you know, state your case. Fifth thing he did was he showed he had skin in the game. Now, again, I don't know how you're going to feel about this or care about, but when he goes, hey, I'm going to throw $10 billion into the pot of my money to, to see this vision happen of what he was talking about, you know, a, a lot of you are just thinking, you know, well, he should have given 30 or whatever the, the magic number is. But my point is, is he showed that he had skin in the game. Whether you agree with how much skin he gave, you know, it may have been just, you know, a little piece of skin or whatever. I'm not going to get too graphic here. But the point is, show you got skin in the game. How much, you know, there are things that you'll disagree with, but there are things that you're willing to die for. And that's the difference between, you know, an, an argument and, you know, a passion that you have, you know, are you willing to die for it? And part of it, what you got to understand is showing that you have skin in the game. And, you know, even in my own small group, you know, learning from that reality and trying to help, you know, show that, hey, our, our, our group's got skin in the game or our small group pastors have skin in the game to make sure that's happening. The sixth thing he did was um, he, he brings it home really clearly. And this is part of the, uh, the, the part where he, he's got a logical mindset, but, you know, he wraps this all up very clearly and succinctly about, you know, the exclamation point he's trying to do, which leads straight to the seventh thing is, you know, he showed his passion in his heart uh, for this company. Now, my goodness, I pray that we can have a deeper passion and deeper heart for, for what's ahead of us uh, in, in ministry. But as you're looking at your small group ministry, just keep going through and thinking through, okay, let me revisit the past because I can go back to when we had 258 small groups and, and being able to share, you know, where we are going from there to the, the, the too many thousands of groups that we have now. 
You got to be able to vision cast for the future. And that's why, you know, for us, one of the things that we're doing is we're, we're taking our small group pastors away on a retreat this summer. We're taking our community leaders on a retreat this fall. But again, we got to vision cast and help people see, you know, where, where we're off to. You got to have a clear call. What is your vision of what's the five words that are going to change your church? Show why that's so important of what you're trying to do. Then show how you're, you know, you're passionate and you're in on this because you can bring it home clearly and then you can, you know, give it with your passion and your heart and everything you have. You got to, I've said this time and time again, the small group point person at the churches that are listening, you own half the church. There's temple courts, there's house to house. If you don't learn and you don't understand what's happening around you, and you don't vision cast, and you don't push ahead, and you don't put your skin in the game, you know, the, who's going to do it? If you're not going to, let me flip it around. Who is going to do it? So take what the world makes billions of dollars off of, which I could care less about. But what we do care about is the eternity and the soul. So uh, take a look at the show notes. You can read the article. Uh, but take these seven things and apply them uh, and make this the topic that's front and center for your volunteer force that you have working with you. Wow. What a trending topic. Like Steve said, we'll have that article uh, linked in the show notes. So make sure to click on that, share it. And uh, Steve, I like how you said that, man, you know, the world Bezos, they're making millions, if not billions, doing this stuff. How much more uh, can we glean from this and put it into practice when we've got uh, the biggest thing going, which is saving souls? Love that. Love that. Um, All right, man. You know, it's uh, uh, I love where you're going. James, closing thoughts here to there next week. You're, you're deep in the trenches learning about where the network is going and all that. Any uh, wrap up uh, on the show? Man, I could do a whole podcast on Amazon <laughs> after spending you know time in the publishing industry and working with Amazon and and all the pros and cons on on that end of it as well. Uh, but I think the biggest thing that they do well, and this is basically a plug for our network, is they're functionally a network of retailers. Uh, everybody sells their stuff on Amazon and that what, that's what makes them so special. That's what makes your church so special is it's a network of small groups and we're a network of small group leaders. So, uh, you talk about things that, that scale, uh, that's, that's the, what we're all in on and that's what we're about. And, and that's how you grow your church is through scaling the small groups. Very cool. Very cool. Derek, bring us home. Thanks again, everyone, for spending part of your day with us. We really hope this episode encouraged you, equipped you, and we hope you have an amazing month of May. Until next time, everybody, goodbye. See you there, everybody. Thank you for listening to Group Talk. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast through iTunes and get new episodes downloaded automatically. Also, if you enjoy this program, please take a few minutes to give us a positive rating on iTunes so that other small group point people can find us more easily. We encourage you to visit our website, smallgroupnetwork.com, to access our library of free resources, connect to a huddle with other small group ministry leaders in your area, read our blog articles, or join us on our Facebook group. Don't forget to use the hashtag SGNet when engaging with your social media channels. Thank you for your support.